Hey, Slump Busters, and welcome in. It's time for episode 101 of the Slump Buster Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, and my guest today is going to be the Chai Sports Chick herself, Taylor Mathis. On today's episode, we talk some NBA free agency, break down the fire sale in Wrigley, and give her predictions for the NFC North. But before we do that, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partner, Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their nitro cold brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their mammoth blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their hibiscus teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code slump, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products cavemancoffeeco.com promo code slump guys don't be a chump use promo code slump and get yourself a case today all right y'all it's time for the show taylor mathis juju talk sports episode 101 let's get it let's bust the slump and let's enjoy Welcome in, listeners. You have officially graduated to Slump Buster 101. Now, we hope officially to get to a 200-level class, 300-level class. That will come in time. But to get there, we have to keep bringing on fantastic guests. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports. And my guest today is going to be the lovely Taylor Mathis. She is the host of the Brunch and Ball podcast and runs an outstanding Instagram page that I highly recommend checking out if you want to get some great betting advice. Uh, that would be the Chai Sports Chick Instagram page. Check it out. Taylor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on. I can't wait to talk about basketball and my dreadful Cubs and everything else about sports in between. Maybe look at the NFL a little bit. I'm super excited. You know what I really appreciate about you, Taylor, after listening to Brunch and Ball? You you want to know I really appreciate I'm, that- I'm ready to hear it. <laughs> You are the first person that I have ever heard tell a story of a grisly murder scene and turn oh that into God. a wholesome ad read for the number one ball trimmers on the market. Oh my God. I totally remember doing that. I had to get that story off of my chest. It was bothering me. So I like had to say it. And then after I said it, I was like, gosh, that's probably an absolutely terrible story to tell, but it did happen. It's not easy to transition in podcasting anyway, <laughs> like to each segment, but then right. it's just like, I heard your co-host coming off of that is like, what do I do? What do I do? And then you're just like, you know what? We, we have some razors, ball trimmers, you know, if you need to cut stuff. Uh, if you want to check that out, Brunch and Ball podcast, uh, one of their most recent episodes. Uh, I don't know if, Taylor, we want to relive that crazy story, but uh, it's all right there for you. We, yeah. got some, <laughs> we got some lighter topics. So, Taylor, I guess we'll start here. Um, so what brought you all the way from the Midwest, Chicago? the cold northern part of the country to Phoenix? So I pretty much, uh, I grew up, you know, born and raised in a really small town in Illinois called Sandwich, actually, just like a sandwich that you eat. Um, Everybody thinks that's hysterical. I'm like, yeah, we have the sandwich place. It's a real thing. So I'm from a very small town in Illinois, went to school in Iowa, got my degree in sports journalism and Worked for a local TV station in Iowa, then moved to Nebraska. Then I got my first digital gig in Dallas um, with Chat Sports. And then I was out here in Phoenix and I moved here to cover the Suns and work for a company out here doing digital content for them, which was super fun. So I'm really glad that I moved from the Midwest to Arizona because the weather out here is a million times better. It's super hot right now, but 
we're dealing with it. So that's pretty much how I got out here. And now I am hosting my own podcast. And I also am um, the digital content reporter for Bet Karma and DFS Karma. So I'm all about the, the sports betting content now. Yeah, I, the weather is definitely a huge selling point for Phoenix. I know it gets hot, but I'll take heat. I'll take the heat I, any day over too. some of those brutal cold weather days. I, I think when we first connected, funny enough, was right around when Texas hit its like deep freeze situation here, which was oh, just a nightmare. Craziness, crazy. When you don't have the infrastructure built for that kind of weather, it, it just really just shows, uh, yeah, yeah, none of that. Right. Anything below 60, oh. I'm, I'm out. I'm going <laughs> more south, more towards I the border. I think so too. I've become warm-blooded since moving here. I've been here for four years and I'm like, when I go home now, it's like I never lived in the cold ever in my life because I'm freezing when it's like 60 degrees. You know, I feel really bad for this football season, and we'll get into him. Jared Goff, having moved from always being in California, sunny, California, sunny Los Angeles, Detroit. now he's <laughs> out there in Detroit. So good luck to you, Jared. Uh, you're going to need it, and you're also going to need a thicker jacket. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some sports topics here. So let me throw this out there for you, Taylor. Do you want to start on a good note, or you want to start on a bad note? Oh, always start on a positive note. So we'll go good first. Okay, so you are obviously, like I mentioned, you're from Illinois, you're currently in Phoenix, a lot of positive NBA headlines coming out of both your teams, Chicago Bulls, one of the most active teams in free agency. And then of course, the Suns ready to run it back. CP3 accepted a new deal. Let's start off with the Bulls here. So first off, are you ready to be a big baller, Taylor? I am. I'm ready. I'm excited. And I'm like, I'm actually very shocked by what the Bulls did in free agency. Cause I was, I, I mean, what they've done so far, I was not expecting at all. Yeah. They missed the playoffs the last four seasons. Yeah. But here they are making some big time money moves. Lonzo Ball, uh, DeMar DeRozan comes over and a sign and trade. Nikola Vucevic came over last March, but he's a big part of their rotation now. Right. And then of course, signing the GOAT, Alex Caruso. How times have changed from Michael Jordan to Alex Caruso. I don't know his name to add that extra emphasis of Michael Jeffrey Jordan to Alex Caruso, but here we are. Bald guy on the basketball court in Chicago, <laughs> putting up points. I dig it. It, it. Some things just relate. Anyway, what do you think right. about the Bulls' chances this year in the Eastern Conference? I think that, so I was actually, when they signed Lonzo Ball, I was pleasantly surprised. He started off a little rocky and underperformed when he was the Lakers. Then this last year, when he was the Pelicans, he really worked on his shooting, especially like from three-point range. So I feel like him coming into Chicago, that's going to help take some of the pressure on offense off Zach Levine, which I think is going to be super helpful. So I saw that as a positive. And then, like you said, DeRozan comes in. So that's another great one. And then we've got Caruso, which is going to help out defensively. So I'm thinking that the Bulls are obviously hoping for bringing all these guys in and spending some money during free agency that they are going to be able to make a playoff run in the Eastern Conference. I would like to hope that that's going to be the case if everybody stays healthy and performs up to where they think uh, they will. So I think that they've made some huge improvements and I could see it happening. One of the big things is going to be how this team kind of like constructs moving forward, like who's going to be the primary ball handler. I know it's a big discussion right now for Bulls Twitter as it proceeds. Uh, Lonzo Ball certainly can carry the rock, but DeMar DeRozan might be one of the best options for them in terms of basically not stalling the court or hurting his teammates with his lack of shooting ability. Fun fact though, DeMar DeRozan actually last year 
in terms of players with over 1.5 isolations or more per game was one of the most efficient scorers. And then you mentioned Lonzo Ball has made a lot of great adjustments over the course of his career. He went in, he was a 40% free throw shooter, 40%. Yeah. We looked at Ben Simmons last year in the playoffs and what he was putting up. But here Lonzo is, he's now in the 70s, which still it's a work to do, but considering that's a huge jump. That's a huge improvement. I think I saw too, when he was at the Lakers from three point range, he was shooting at like 31% just last year. He's at 37% now. I mean, that's 6%. That's still a huge jump. And you're seeing that he's improving over time. So I feel like with the bulls, why could he not get better? Why not? Let's do a little exercise though. In the East, who are they better than? Because obviously to make the playoffs, someone has to not make the playoffs. So obviously we're going to lock in the Nets in the Bucks, of course. Uh, The Heat were very active in free agency. You have to assume they're going to be back. Uh, The Knicks, the Knicks went out there, got Kemba Walker today. So they, you know, I mean, they were a little surprise story last year. They're not as relevant as most New Yorkers probably want them to be. Right. Uh, Let's see, Boston. You know, I mean, I have my Boston bias here. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully, hopefully, if not, that's uh, not great for the new regime out there. And let's see here. Uh, you got who else was in there? Who else was in there? I'm I'm missing someone, Taylor. I'm spacing. Oh my gosh. I am too. You said the heat already. Said the heat. Said the heat. Was it the magic? I know the magic are always that random seventh seed. I feel like they're kind of like sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. They're very like middle of the road in between. But I feel uh, like the bulls are kind of like that too. So here's what it is. Uh Lonzo has to knock out his baby brother, Lamelo Ball, Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Who is LeVar going to cheer for in that playoff series? That would be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, I'm right. I'll never give him the most money. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, I think I, when they had the all in the family, the ball in the family thing, there was that weird like exchange between Lonzo and uh, LeVar. But uh, hey, LiAngelo might actually got his chance on an NBA team this year. Yeah. All the ball brothers on the same court. What? Craziness. Nuts. Either way, like who out of kind of like that mix do you think the Bulls could kind of like, what, what is a realistic expectation for them? Maybe a fifth seed? I think so. And like we were saying, like teams that maybe wouldn't make it that did last year. I feel like, I know like you're saying, you know, the, the Knicks got Walker and everything like that. But I feel like overall in free agency, they've been losers as opposed to some of these other teams in the East that have really seemed to be bigger winners, I think. So I think that is a team that you could see possibly not making the playoffs and maybe the Bulls will be better than them this upcoming season. All right, well, let's talk about your current place of residency, the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, one of the surprise teams of last year, make it all the way to the NBA Finals. Suns yeah. in four quickly turned into Bucks in six, though, unfortunately for them. Uh, CP3 ran out of gas. Devin Booker had that big turnover in game five. And suddenly everything came crashing back down earth as Giannis established himself as perhaps the greatest player in the NBA currently. Uh, now, CP3, new contract, running it back. Do you think the Suns could get back up to that championship level? I do. I'm super excited. The Suns, you know, they've got Chris Paul back four years, 120 mil, which huge, huge amount of money. And we also re-signed Cameron Payne, which I think is another big win for the Suns during free agency. You know, our biggest problem would be in the West. It looks like potentially, of course, the Lakers per usual. I feel like they have just like completely stacked their team right now during free agency. But one thing I did notice, the Lakers, I'm like, all these guys are like in their 30s and older. They're very much a veteran team. Not that that's bad, but I'm like maybe more injury prone, maybe um, 
due to the fact that they're a lot older, they don't have that drive and that young mentality like the Suns team does, because really our only vets are Chris Paul and I guess Crowder too, but we don't really have a ton of veterans or younger guys hungrier. They want to win a championship as the Lakers have a lot of people that already have won championships. So I would see the Lakers, you know, could be potential trouble for the Suns, but I do think with us bringing back a lot of our guys and having our solid core and with that now playoff experience that a lot of them have, it's going to end up being positive in our favor. One of the biggest strengths for Phoenix, right, is they have an outstanding retirement community if I'm not mistaken right we all that's you you're totally right okay then if the NBA is really thinking about relocations then they should consider moving the Lakers to Phoenix because I think Ah! a lot of the veterans on that team will probably need it Um, they're gonna be retiring soon they're playing bingo I actually tweeted that today I was like are they playing bingo or are they playing basketball (laughs) yeah they're all looking like Kyrie Irving's uncle Drew at this point that's kind of where the that roster is kind of looking but I mean I, I think NBA diehards would love the idea of Carmelo and Russ finally yeah. getting their ring with yeah. the Lakers. Again, I mentioned I'm a Celtics fan, so that would burn me inside of stay past the Celtics on the all-time titles list. So it, it kind of sucks because I actually do root for LeBron in a way. I, I am oh, kind I of don't. like a LeBron guy. Nah, nah, not I'm at all. Not at all. I'm like, they can lose every time and I'll be happy about it. I'm wow. a big, I, I feel like um, being from the Chicago area and like the whole argument between who's the best of all time, MJ or LeBron, like I obviously go MJ and I can't root for LeBron. There's so many things that bother me about it. <laughs> Your wife, Space Jam, is bombing, isn't it? The Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> exactly. review is just blowing it up. No, but you know, I, I think that this is an opportunity, certainly for a lot of those veterans. A great NBA movement. I, I it's cool to see all the deals, all the names and new places going around right now. Speaking of names and new places, you've had experience that obviously as a Cubs fan recently, everywhere, just absolute crazy fire sale. I haven't seen anything Gosh. quite like that at the deadline. I mean, uh, of course, I'm happy about it. You see the flag in the I background. I was going to say, I see your Giants flag in the background, so I'm sure you're happy about it. Chris Bryan in the Bay, Javi Baez to New York, Anthony Rizzo also to New York, uh, just losing everything to the <laughs> New York area code right Pretty now. Much. But what really stung you? Was it the seeing them all homer in their debut? you like that too were you happy were you sad so I would say the biggest stinger for me is Anthony Rizzo leaving Anthony Rizzo has been my favorite player forever and I just absolutely love him so I am so sad to see him go and I really thought he might be the one that would stick around because you know all the chatter that was going on is he was saying if the ship is sinking, I want to go down with it. I don't want to leave Chicago. I want to stay here. So I really didn't think that they were, you know, going to sell him off, but they did. Unfortunately, I think Yankees fans are very happy because he's been doing really well so far since he's been in New York. I'm always going to cheer for him. So I'm super happy that he's doing well in New York. I'm like crossing my fingers that by some miracle, we'll get him back at the end of the season after everything's said and done. So we'll see about that. And then, I mean, all of them homering. I mean, it's sad because I am very sad that they're all leaving, but I'm also happy for them because I love them all as individual players but I'm just so sad that the Cubs core is broken up and on top of it then we also gave Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox too so he's going to the south side so we just everybody of any type of fandom and everything in the Cubs world in Chicago like pretty much is gone now Wilson's like one of our only guys 
and Hayward from our World Series core that we still have. So yeah, it's hard to say on prospects this early in the game, but do you, yeah. are you happy with the returns at least? Yeah, and I've seen that thus far, according to fan graphs and everything. Now with the prospects that the Cubs have acquired, we've really gone up in the rankings. But I mean, like you just said, that's so hard to tell, and especially with baseball, because you might draft a guy, you know, in the first round and he may never see the major league field ever. It's such a process with baseball. You just never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, yeah, right now it says that they look good and they've got this great up and comers, but you don't know if any of these guys are going to pan out. Maybe if we're lucky, one or two of them do. So it really just depends. I mean, of course, for my sake, I hope that they do. And I hope this whole process of a rebuild is a positive one. But the Cubs are going to suck for quite a while right now. So as Cubs fans, we're used to that, though. Another 108 years on tap? I really hope not. But it, it could be the case. If it happened, would you at least be okay, given that you have seen them win so recently? I've seen a World Series, and you know what? There are so many Cubs fans in their lives that can say that they never saw it. So I'm lucky, in my opinion. I also got to go to Game 5 of the World Series at Wrigley. So I'm like, that was a huge thing checked off my bucket list and one of the coolest things ever. So I cannot complain. I've said if the Giants and Astros manage to lock up this year in the World Series, there's not a thing on this earth that will keep me going from going that Sophie, World Series. You gotta I, go. I sure. will never financially recover from that decision, but I will be satisfied with it. the result. I, it's like a, a life a thing that you like have to do, especially as a baseball fan. And if it's your team, it's even better. It's worth it to go. I was like, the Cubs were down 3-1 when I went too. And it was still like, and of course we ended up winning, but like it was absolutely amazing one of like the best memories I have just giving Aroldis Chapman those like flashbacks and everything Ugh. that was so I went with my grandparents actually which they're the ones who got me very into sports they got me super into baseball when I was little so I went to my first Cubs game with them and then I got to go to a World Series game with them so it was like full circle absolutely amazing but we did not sit after Joe Madden put Aroldis in in the seventh and he pitched all the way through in game five it was Oh my gosh. Unreal. Like such a fun game. And the fact that there was the rainstorm in game seven too, that had that little delay. It really just had that team that of destiny thing. Perfect. I cannot, I have a shirt actually that says the greatest game of all time was played on a Wednesday in Cleveland. And I am like, I still will never disagree with that. It was one of the greatest game sevens of all time. I think in any sport, like it was awesome. Yeah. In fact, the fact that they also had the two longest droughts going on. Right. And, uh, but yeah, now it's going to be, now, yeah, now it's going to be weird to look back at it though, because obviously uh, the Chicago Cubs versus the Cleveland uh, asterisk mark, whatever. Guardians. <laughs> Guardians. <laughs> Did you see that they're getting sued actually by a roller derby team that had the pre-existing name, the Cleveland oh. Guardians? I did not see that. Interesting. So yeah. fun fact. <laughs> So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of teams, and not disrespecting roller derby, but uh, baseball Major League team, Baseball roller derby, they might be a little bit higher on the totem pole. They might derby. be able to get a few, a uh, couple thousand thrown their way because of the lawsuit. So at least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see here. So I'm going to take you back to your northern roots here because we are going to break down the NFC North. So we All believe right. in the tried and true, never eat shredded wheat as we go through <laughs> NFL breakdowns here. Uh, so starting up from the bottom, we mentioned his name earlier, Jared Goff, newest addition for the Detroit Lions. Last year, they finished 5-11. and 11. My record prediction for them this year, 
three and 14. Just not a lot of excitement going on with this guy, a team. I, I obviously, I, Dan Campbell, I love the enthusiasm, love the energy. He's talking about bringing live Lions to camp, but that doesn't right. produce wins in the NFL. Right. Uh, they're definitely trying to make things more fun for their fan base. And I feel bad for Detroit Lions fans as a whole because they just are always terrible. Um, and I honestly feel like Jared Goff is a downgrade from Stafford. So I don't think your prediction is far off at all. I see it being pretty, pretty dead on. You know, I've been very critical of Matthew Stafford over the years, but Jared Goff, he's still, he's just a statue. He's hard to like really excel in this current modern NFL where you have just athletes just flying at you. Exactly. Yeah. You got to move. And he just is so, so much of a statue in the pocket. Right. And to add to that, he just doesn't have anyone to throw to over there. Right now, their best yeah. receivers are going to be Tyrell Williams, Amon St. Ra, who's a rookie, uh, and then uh, Rashad Perriman. Not right. exactly like an exciting trio of wide receivers to roll out there. Losing Nobody Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Yeah. Right. So, right. Nobody that noteworthy to write home to. So, I okay. tell you there. Well, I'll close it out on the Lions because there's not much to talk about, but I will just throw in the quote here of Dan Campbell at practice. So here's legit what he's been saying. I tell you what I really want to do just in general, and I've talked to Sheila about this. I don't think we'll be able to do it, but I'd love to have a pet lion, Uh, (laughs) just a legit pet lion on a chain, a big ass chain. And he is really my pet. We just walk around the building we go to practice, we go to seven on sevens, we're behind the kicker as he's kicking. This is a man who's just been a head coach for essentially a few months. He's right. talking about Lions at practice. Hey, he wants to bring in some fun. He's livening things up for his guys. Just cue Joe Exotic as his offensive coordinator. Yeah, there you go. go. Perfect. <laughs> okay, well, let's move into the Vikings. Another kind of vanilla team for me is, as I've kind of like gone through the record books and think about it, I don't think we've given much love or talked to the, about this team much. Last year, they finished seven and nine. This year, I have them finishing seven and 10. Now, I like Kirk Cousins more than most because I, I think, think he's an okay quarterback. He, you know, he's consistently 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns right. somehow. Got right. two dynamic receivers on the outside with Adam Thielen and now Justin Jefferson, who had a great rookie year. Dalvin Cook there in the backfield. Their offense can roll, but last year that wasn't the problem for this team. Their defense, which is usually tried and true under Mike Zimmer, was not. And I, I don't think it's going to get much better because literally they released their 2020 first round pick today as things yeah. happen today because of a domestic violence incident. So I, I don't know what to, more to say about the Vikings. Taylor, what are your thoughts on them? I think you're spot on. I think the Vikings offense, like you said, is not a problem. They've got a bunch of great guys. And I don't think Kirk Cousins is that bad of a quarterback either. So I think that's good. Defense probably going to be the problem. And then I also feel like Mike Zimmer has got to be feeling the pressure. I think he is the last tenured coach in all the NFL that hasn't won a ring. If I were him, I'd be feeling the pressure to get there or at least make the playoffs or something. But I mean, and you've got a Green Bay in your division, that's and Aaron Rodgers, it seems like that's a very hard uh, place to get to. I know as a sports better, you probably do appreciate Mike Zimmer, just one of the most consistent coaches against the line over the last career, basically. Right. So sure bet. Mike Zimmer, for sure. uh, You are right. I think last year, too, part of the trouble was they had this weird thing where they had like 18 draft picks, which 
is something unique. You don't see obviously too much in the NFL. I, I think just too many new guys just caused that to be a bit of a problem for this team. Obviously mm-hmm. losing veterans like Everson Griffin off of your roster too. I don't know. I, I think this might be a transition year for the Vikings. They drafted Kellen Mond. Potentially they might want to get younger or athletic, cheaper, particularly with in Kellen Mond's case as a greater draft pick. So that might be the most exciting things that Vikings fans have to look forward to this year. <laughs> <laughs> now for I'll this next one. Right. Now for this next one. Uh, so obviously from Illinois, are you, do you consider yourself a Bears fan as well? I'm actually a Cowboys fan. Wow. So I'm a Cowboys fan, but I obviously follow the Bears closely. If the Cowboys aren't in it, Bears are next. I was just born and raised a Cowboys fan, so that's kind of where my allegiance has always stood. Well, we talked about you checking out Texas before the podcast. Maybe that's more reason for that to be one of your next trips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, that is a great reason. I obviously, uh, I've been to Dallas a lot, but I like I was saying, I was telling you, I've never been to Austin, so... Might have to add that to my list. Yeah, it's just a quick three hours down the road. Actually, Quincy, yeah. my roommate's going on a trip to Dallas. It, it's just ah. it's, it's nice being right in the center of things, basically here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Dallas, three hours in north. Houston, two hours to the south. You got San Antonio there for the Spurs. The, right. One of the least exciting teams right now in basketball, but still, that's an uh, option at least. I'd probably uh, go actually, to six fights more than Spurs, but you know. I was like super excited though about one of the Spurs uh, draft picks, Joe Wieskamp, is out of Iowa. And I went to the University of Iowa and he's actually from Muscatine, Iowa, which is where my dad grew up. Really small town in Iowa. And my family is friends with his family. So I'm like, it's kind of cool. He got drafted in the second round to the Spurs because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know. No guy that plays in the NBA and he's from my dad's hometown. So we're we're relatively around the same age. George Kittle's relatively around our same age. Were you at the George, university while George was there? George Kittle and I graduated the same year. Yeah. So I know him pretty well. Okay. okay. Well, if you manage to get that contact, that Iowa connection or anything, come on. I, I gotta get George on the podcast. I can give I'm it just to saying. you. I I'm actually just... know I know him like Ooh. very well. So that's hmm. I'm just, you know, this is, this is part of the podcasting experience, that networking opportunity. Yeah, exactly. He's he's an awesome guy. I love the little, oh, hi there. You know, the the little George Kittle thing (laughs) and his little man crush with Jimmy G. He's great. I also, you know, you're a big 49ers guy. Jimmy Garoppolo went to Eastern Illinois with a lot of my high school friends. So (laughs) I have a connection there too. Interesting. Uh, I don't think there would have been a more potent combination than Jimmy Garoppolo in high school. Guy does well for himself <laughs> in the current part of his life. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't get benched. Right. Uh, we'll see. I don't think uh, that's another conversation, but I feel like 49ers fans are way too hard on him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, as much as I love the faithful, uh, going to Niners Twitter is uh, it's a task uh, to yeah, go through like, some of this stuff. Jimmy Garoppolo camp. has a pretty damn good starting record for a quarterback and yet he hasn't been able to stay healthy but there could be a lot worse quarterbacks that you could have right now in the league no I I think that's not the issue with Jimmy as far as the conversation now I I think people realize that he is like not a bottom 10 quarterback I I think it's just well this Trey Lance kid is just cleaning house right now he's just lighting up training camp and I, I do agree with the frustrations on one hand of Kyle Shanahan and that in John Lynch, you know, they got to win. Right. Uh, there's a need there. And you have a guy who's just constantly banged up and hurt. Of yeah. course, I've also battled. I don't think it's just like injury prone thing. I think it's bad injury luck, bad injury luck versus injury prone. I think is one of the biggest arguments I have because 
Mm-hmm. It's a, a knee's not connected to the ankle, ankle's not connected right. to the shoulder. These are just all three random injuries that happened wrong place, wrong time. I like that you were bringing up uh, Trey Lance because something I was looking at Trey Lance, you know, before the draft, because I thought that he would have been a possibility that the Bears would have went after. I think Trey Lance, I know he's like a light enough camp right now and people are super excited, but I feel like some things to look at. Yes, he's a very athletic quarterback, great arm and good on his feet. But I'm like, he hasn't really ever played at even close to an NFL caliber level. And he doesn't have much of a career to really look at. He has about a year of work and that's it because of COVID pretty much like ruining his season. So I'm just interested to see if he'll live up to this hype that people are putting on him. Granted, I mean, you know, play for North Dakota State. And you see Carson Wentz coming out of there, playing for the Colts. Now we're seeing he has this foot injury. So we'll see how long he's out there for. But I'm just curious to see if he will come in up to this NFL caliber level or if this camp hype is just hype. Yeah, going against James Madison versus going against Aaron Donald is two different environments there completely. I agree. But that's enough Niners talk. Let's get back over to Chicago, Chi-Town. Let's see what's going on with the Bears. So last year, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Mediocre, running the mill. For as hard as we are on Mitch Trubisky, he still managed to not have a losing record in the NFL. So good for Mitch. But this year, I have them going 6-11. and 11. You mentioned the questions on what they were going to do at the quarterback position. Well, the answer ended up being Justin Fields, which yeah. leaves more questions because Matt Nagy is insisting that Andy Dalton will be the starter in week one. One starter. I know. And I do think I've thought about this a lot. I feel like I can see why he's going to put Andy Dalton in as the the starter, especially to start the season, because Justin Fields is a rookie. He hasn't played in the NFL. You've got Andy Dalton, who's a veteran, has all this experience, but it's also Andy Dalton. I'm like, as a Bears fan, and I feel like uh, as Bears fans are so sick of the quarterback woes that they have been dealing with over the years, and I feel like the Bears cannot get it right in that position, I would hope maybe, you know, Andy Dalton's going to come and fly off the charts and be unreal, amazing. People are going to be super excited. Or, you know, he's not going to be that good. I think we're going to see Justin Fields taking the field sooner rather than later for the Bears. But I do like that the Bears ended up drafting him. I think it was a decent draft pick for them. And I'm hopeful for Bears fans because I think they just, they need something. I just feel bad for them with the quarterback situations that they've been dealing with. It was interesting the fall from grace for Justin Fields because the guy started as the guy right behind Trevor Lawrence. It was going to be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And then as we got closer to draft day, that narrative kept switching, kept changing. We heard random things about epilepsy, work ethic. And from there, it ended up being Zach Wilson. And then not just Zach Wilson, you mentioned Trey Lance goes above him. Fourth quarterback off the board officially, just above Mac Jones. Justin Fields, I don't know what people are necessarily missing about the guy because whenever I watched him against Clemson last year, those throws will translate. Right, exactly. And that's why I'm like, I honestly feel like he was a big steal for the Bears. So I hope it pans out. Yeah, I think the big question now is going to be whether or not the Bears defense is still the Bears defense because little Mac, he's getting a little older. Akeem Hicks, these guys aren't necessarily producing at the same level they were a couple years ago when they would have been potentially a Super Bowl contender. And their only issue was Mitch Trubisky. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, 
I think they're just a couple years behind on this because they had the defense. They just never had the quarterback. Right. Now their defense is getting older and their quarterback's still learning. So I, I think right. that their time windows just aren't lining up perfectly. I, you could be right. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, you never know. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm hoping at least the quarterback situation will be seeming to get somewhat better this year for the bears. Yeah. I think the big reason why I have them six and 11 is just because I know obviously they are going to start the year with Andy Dalton as they've been saying. So like, I I do believe that at some point there's going to be a learning curve for Justin Fields and that's Mm -hmm. going to result in kind of that mediocre record that I have them at. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, let's move on to the last team of this division, the green Bay Packers. Now, on this podcast, so we've been doing this now going into our third football season, I have been historically a Packers hater. <laughs> just, I'm, a, it, it I'm is, historically a Packers hater, too. It is what it is. Because as a Cowboys fan, don't even get me started on the whole Des Bryant catch, not catch. Uh, that will, like, haunt me forever. And I also am not an Aaron Rodgers fan, so I'm on the same page as you. I think a lot of Packers after this offseason stopped being Aaron Rodgers fans, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not, uh, doesn't really seem to have Green Bay's back at all. No, in fact, he doesn't have anyone in that organization's back anymore after that press conference. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. But will that affect them on the football field? So last year, 13 and three. This year, 14 and three is going to be my record prediction, which is a change of pace for me because the last two years I've said six and 10. Put me on old takes exposed. I don't care. Stuff happens. But you know what? Uh, 14 and three, I have them back there. It just the team is still good. Aaron Rodgers figured out this they offense. Uh, so if all parts play up to their ability, there's no reason they shouldn't be back in the basically the same spot they were last year. I think they had the opportunity to take advantage of the mediocre division below them with the mm-hmm. Lions, Bears, and Vikings. Uh, they do have a little bit of a tough test. So the NFC North as a whole will face the AFC North and the NFC West. So their outer conference schedule is going to be tough. It is. It's pretty difficult. Yeah. But I think the schedule worked out pretty well with where they lined up as far as who they're facing and what time they're facing them in the year. So I think Mm -hmm. the Packers have an opportunity to keep that same pace they've had the last couple of years. I have to agree with you too. Regardless of all the drama surrounding Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, I don't think it's going to really play a big factor into things for them. Good for you, Packers. You broke me. (laughs) After two years of just uh, saying you would underachieve, watch, this is going to be the year they actually do it. I was just going to say, this will be the year they underachieve when you said they were going to achieve (laughs) Exactly. I I think if Aaron Rodgers, you know, just, you know, my back's tight coach. I I don't know. I don't think I could go in that game today. Hey, Jordan Love, it's your time to step up. Am I right, kid? (laughs) Would that be the thing to do? Like how many players have thought about that? Like you you can fake an injury, right? Uh, Yeah, you definitely can. Why couldn't you? Because if you say it for something arbitrary, it's like when you're going in to get a med card for weed, right? Just something mm-hmm. they can't really like test. Like, what are they oh, going to? Yeah, know, just, exactly. Uh, shoulder are they soreness. Know if you have back tightness or not? Yeah. Tom Brady's been on the injury report for the last twenty years with shoulder tightness. So, right. what does that tell you? Exactly. And hey, look at him, forty-four, and he's still going. All right, Taylor. Well, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time to show up on the podcast. Uh, we've been, like I said, we've been back and forth for a little bit here, so couldn't be any more perfectly timed with all the news coming from like both your major cities that you've occupied. No. Yeah, Perfect. I know you're. I know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff planned. What are you working on currently? Actually, fingers crossed. Uh, soon, we just recorded our first episode uh, of our betting show for. Karma today. 
So we actually talked a lot of um, our underdog predictions for week one. So I'm going to throw this out there for all my sports bettors. Uh, right now, the Dolphins play the Patriots in week one. Patriots are favored over the Dolphins, but I'm going to take the Dolphins on that one. And my reasoning is Tua's going into year two. He came off you know, as a rookie last year, 6-3 record. He knows what to expect with Belichick and uh, Cam Newton over there in New England. So I just have a feeling that Tua and the Dolphins, especially what they've done to work on his uh, long throws, as well as kind of getting Waddle and other guys to up their offense over there in Miami. I think that that could be an underdog pick that we could see working out. So I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Patriots in week one. That's my big underdog pick. Uh, so I got that going on as well as I'm giving out all my player props daily on my social medias, Shy Sports Chick on Instagram and TMath11792 on Twitter. So if you're into player props, check that out too. And season two of the Brunch and Ball podcast should be coming relatively soon. We have a uh, change going on at the moment. So we're working through that and um, there's going to be a new co-host with me going into football season. So that'll be exciting. Okay, well, definitely does sound like a lot of exciting things. You basically just gave all of our listeners free money with that underdog pick there. So thank you, Taylor, for that. Uh, check her, yeah, exactly. Check her out on all the things she's working on, whether it be brunch and ball, chai sports chick, bet karma. She's a busy woman with a lot of stuff going on. But hey, that's why we brought her on. She knows what she's talking about, guys. But speaking of people that know what they're talking about, I think we do pretty well for ourselves. So why not just hit that subscribe button? You're already listening. It's right there. Come on, hit that subscribe button, folks. Leave that five star on iTunes, at Slump Buster Podcast on IG, at Slump Buster Pod on Twitter. Don't be a chump. Use promo code SLUMP and save yourself 15% off your next purchase of that delicious caveman coffee. Yes, caveman coffee co. Promo code SLUMP. Don't be a chump, folks. I need you to stay safe, happy, and healthy. And we'll see you on episode one.